0: Claim this discount by going to PhotographyCourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join PhotographyCourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever dreamed of starting your own photography business? If yes, then check out our new course, How to Start a Photography Business. It's led by pro-American photographer Crystal Kenny. She offers a breakdown on everything you need to succeed and make great money running your own photography business. Check out the link in the show notes to find out more. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World Podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talk to the very talented Argentinian photographer, Magali. Magali and I talk about her bipolar disorder and how it has affected her photography, how she takes self-portraits, how she keeps herself inspired, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Magali. Welcome to Great Big Photography World podcast. I'm very happy to have you here. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, thank you for
1: having me in the first place. I'm Magalia Anielo. I'm a photographer from Bahia Blanca, Argentina. For reference, Bahia Blanca is uh, 700 kilometers away from Buenos Aires. Well, I do photography uh, since I was 14 years old. Now I'm 27. I mostly dedicate myself to besides my artistic work uh, to teach photography. I do photo shoots. That's <laughs> that's it.
0: Mm-hmm. Really wonderful introduction, and it's so nice that you started photography at such a young age. What inspired you to pick up a camera for the first time? I
1: remember that uh, one day I was uh, searching for drawing tutorials on the Vientac, and I don't know why, but I clicked on the photography part, and I remember uh, I saw the work of, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it okay, uh, Joaquin Gramer. Uh, he did a lot of um, macro photography, uh, flowers, it has really vivid colors and I loved it and it uh, motivated me to take the, a Sony Cybershot tiny compact camera uh, from my house and then I started photographing uh, whatever I saw around me, uh, mostly uh, macro photography and that is one uh everything started two years after that i found Flickr, and there i saw this bunch of photographers from around the world that were doing self-portraits and the uh, 365 projects and they i, I remember they were Joel robison um brad wagner um maroon palace uh Stan middleton a lot of, of them i i loved and um, it motivated me um, to start doing that kind of photography.
0: I also started on DeviantArt. We have quite a similar uh, story like when it comes to starting out in photography because I also started out on DeviantArt. And I was also quite compelled to check out the photography section there. And that's how I was so inspired and how I got into photography. So high five for having a similar <laughs> journey at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Do you still take macro photos?
1: Yes, yes. It's not my main focus, but I love it. It's like macro photography is like the yoga of photography. (laughs) You can concentrate a lot in what you're photographing and and the details. I, I really love doing macro photography.
0: Yeah, I have done it a few times and it's so, you're right, it's like yoga. You really have to concentrate and you're really in the moment taking photos of, you know, Whatever it is that you like often in nature. Yeah, it's it's like relaxing. Yeah, it's very relaxing. So what camera equipment do you use?
1: All of my work I've done with mostly three cameras. Uh the one that I use now is a Canon 6D. I had a 60D and the 450D that I love. It's it's it feels like a toy, that camera <laughs> that is really old. But it's so uh, lightweight that I usually take it with me in my everyday life. Uh, in case I see a cat to photograph or something interesting. Um, and about lenses, I mostly use the 50mm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's a great lens. And it's so important to have light camera equipment that you can carry with you just for everyday activities. It's a, It's a great idea because... Carrying a heavy camera with you all the time, that's not easy, not at all. No, (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Your photos often document your journey with bipolar disorder. And in one of your articles that you shared uh, on a photography website, you mentioned that bipolar disorder comes with a lot of misinformation and stigma. I really appreciate that you're so open about your experiences and your struggles. And I'm wondering what advice you would give to photographers who want to show more vulnerability in their work.
1: Well, I think that one of the main things I kind of trained um, without knowing it really, uh, it was exercising that not caring about what people think, mostly strangers on the internet. It's like, it doesn't, it is not important in one's life what stranger thing, think. things. And uh, me training that helped me to show um, this kind of work. Um, I think that is one one thing. Of course, when we talk about people that are closer to one, it's maybe difficult to exercise this of not caring what they think. But um, I would say that is one of the main parts.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it's definitely very important, and it helps in your general life. It's not just in photography; it's just in life, right? Not caring what. Yes. <laughs> being, you know, somebody who stays true to their values and, you know, doesn't worry too much about other people's opinions.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And actually, I love my, um, how to say it, my mental tranquility Um, and not caring about what people think actually allows me to be calm. calm, And uh, it is nice, (laughs) at least Mm -hmm. for me.
0: Yeah, and it allows you to be really creative and to experiment with different things and maybe sometimes to take risks, right? Yes, yes, because the, there happens a
1: lot of time of, uh, to me, mostly when I do the, the project of taking one picture per day for um, a year or a week or whatever, and that I know that there are going to be photos that I won't like, that maybe people won't like, but I also know that, Eventually, one other nice photo is going to come, another nice idea. Um, So I focus on that, on not worrying if one day my work is not so great. Um, Because when I uh, just started, when I did my first um, eh, 350, 65, Mm. and when I did that that project for the first time, I remember getting really frustrated because it didn't have enough eh, enough likes um, or people didn't say nice things. And on the next one, because that first one I didn't finish, I leave it on the two-hand picture. When I did the next one, there I learned that the work is not going to be all the time great. And that's okay too.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's not easy to accept that sometimes, especially if you want everything to look perfect. But if you let that go, and you just understand that you're going to always learn something new, even when you make a mistake, then maybe that will make it easier for you. Yes, exactly. You mentioned a few projects that you worked on as a photographer. And I saw on Facebook, I think that you're working on a one week project. Am I wrong? Could you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Oh, yes. Um, I found out that I produce produce my, my best work when I do this kind of projects of one picture per day for a week, a month, or what I want to do in that moment. So uh, this week, I wanted to do a self-portrait week. And uh, I don't know what picture I'm going to take today, but <laughs> I'll think about it later. And those kind of projects always are really nice to learn because maybe one day you have an idea and you don't really know how to execute it Um, but so you go on the internet on youtube or you look for tutorials or things and you can learn it in the moment maybe with the time you get it more more nice but at least you learn it and and I love that about these kind of projects. The, and the ones, um, the 365 projects, I did four of them. Two oh. I finished, uh, another two I didn't. But uh, they were really, really nice experiencing, experiences.
0: Of course, and it forces you to take a photo every day, no matter how good it is, no matter how bad it is. You get to spend some time with your hobby. That's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. There were some days, of course, that were difficult because I had a lot of things to do and I had to squeeze the picture in one part of my day and things like that. But in the end, I I saw the result and um, I I loved all the work that was done there.
0: Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah, I also worked on the 365 project uh, a few times Definitely very very challenging very difficult to come up with inspiration every day. Where do you usually get inspiration and ideas in general? Um, actually, uh, from music is one one way. I usually
1: am listening to music, and uh, an idea come. And uh, other thing is just observing. It's like um, sometimes it just happened. Maybe I'm seeing something and I came out with an idea in the moment. And other times I watch something and start to think, okay, what can I do with it? And there it generates the, the idea. For example, yesterday it happened to me that I was on my computer just doing work and I saw in a moment a kind of shelf from my my desk desktop, um that it looks like a box, a big box. And I kept seeing it, thought, okay, yes, maybe I can do something with it. And I was walking around my my bedroom watching it. And then I thought, ah, maybe this called um, me, for a picture about depression and how the bed feels secure, uh, and that the idea started to, to make sense. And then I thought about, okay, how do I take it? From what angle? And it was a challenge. Uh, I had to put the camera on a tripod really high and things like that. But I was um,
0: happy with the result. I think I saw that photograph. Is that the first picture in your project for the week? Yes, 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 that one. It's Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful self-portrait. And uh, it looks like it was difficult to create that. That's right. I mean, shooting from a high angle is never easy. So good job. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful photograph and it has a beautiful meaning behind it as well. And makes you think about, you know, different kinds of emotions, uh, especially. Yeah, emotions. Mm-hmm.
1: I post it on Instagram and sometimes I like to ask people, uh, what they what that picture um, feels to them, and about that pictures, it was a lot of difference. Meaning, to a lot of people, there were people that saw it like a secure place, uh, like I thought, and there were there were other people that thought that it was like I don't know a coffin <laughs> or something more more dark. But I really love when that happens when um, people uh, interpret uh, different things.
0: Yeah, one big picture. Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing part of being a photographer, and other artists enjoy this as well. It's a privilege, I think, being able to create something. You have your own story behind it. You don't have to share it, but whatever you do, other people will perceive it in their own way, based on their circumstances, their lives. It's uh, it's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Many of the photos in your portfolio are self-portraits. As you just said, you recently took a self-portrait. So do you have any tips for people who want to get better at taking creative photos of themselves? Yeah,
1: um, actually uh, concentrate on the focus thing. Uh, What I do usually is to have something like, I don't know, an old tripod or something I can put in the place that I'm going to be. So I can uh, manually focus on that, and then I will be on the on on the spot. And that is something that that is really useful because it's so common in such portraits that they look um, blurred or I don't know you missed the focus. Um, so having one object that is um, versatile, so you can put it in that uh, part you're going to be. That is to me one of the of the most important things. Um, also, the thing uh, I think when you are blocked, you have you want to have an idea, you want to do something, but you 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 are blocked. Um, to me, what worked the best was to um leave my comfort zone. Um, I thought about doing something that usually, usually I don't do. For example, I don't know. I don't take photos on hard light, for example, on on with the sun on top of my head and a lot of shadows. I usually don't do that. But when I was blocked, sometimes I thought, um, maybe I can do that now, just to try. And maybe a good picture came out of it or it's a kind of... Um, gave me one idea to do with, with uh, what I usually do. So getting out of the comfort zone, it's a nice way, way to do that.
0: Mm. It's a great example. Thank you for sharing that. And I think initially when you want to try something new that is uncomfortable, you don't want to do it and you feel afraid. But I mean, if it's not a dangerous situation, then it won't hurt to try, right? So it's wonderful that you... Put yourself out there you challenge yourself when you're experiencing a creative block and i'm sure this will help some of the listeners who might be experiencing something similar right now i it <laughs> you are also a master of conceptual photography and you often edit your pictures in a way that makes them look really surreal and magical at the same time i can imagine that that's not very easy to achieve so i'm wondering what editing advice you'd give to a beginner
1: um, actually, I think that learning about drawing it's something that really, really helps. Um because if you learn how to understand how light works, how um, especially how shadows works, that is something that are, are, that is a key to make it look look realistic. Um, I have, for example, uh, from one of my my projects. Um, that were uh, medieval, uh, medieval knights, they were two. But in the reality, it was just me dressing like those two characters. And to this day, some people think about one of my photos, that it's two different models. And what, why was that? Because one particular shadow, there was one shadow that was the key to uh, make it look realistic.
0: mm mm-hmm. Yeah, shadows play a very important role in editing and in drawing as well. You're right, because if you have two of the same people in the same shot and you've edited the, you know, your second self into the picture, as you said, then it's not going to look realistic if there aren't any shadows. So yeah, you have to experiment with different techniques in order to try to make your images look realistic
1: and surreal. Yeah, and it is fun. It is really fun actually, because you are trying and maybe and it also maybe the details are what really makes um, a picture look realistic.
0: Absolutely, yeah. And how long does it take you on average to edit the picture? Um, it depends on the picture, but usually
1: one hour. If it has, so for example, the picture from yesterday you saw, that I took me like an hour. And sometimes other pictures that are more more detailed or more complex, um, it could take me uh, for about, I don't know, three hours.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends on each photograph and how detailed the concept is.
1: Yeah, there were, for example, other photographs I did that they came out straight from the camera and I didn't do anything or only to uh, take, I don't know, uh, exposure and some contrast and that's it. But um, the ones that are like composites, or things like that yeah maybe one to three hours.
0: Mm-hmm. And when do you know that you're finished with a photograph because I whenever I take uh, conceptual pictures and they edit them sometimes I don't know when to stop it's like with a painting or a drawing you know do you ever have a de- like a limit for yourself or do you have a feeling that you're done with a photograph? Um, huh, I never thought about that.
1: Sometimes what I do is to, uh, when I'm reaching out that moment that I feel the picture is done, I usually send it to uh, some people, my sister, a friend, to know what they think, like they were my editors. And sometimes I leave the picture, go do something else, and then come came back, come back. And I see it maybe with other eyes. And if when I came back, when I come back, sorry um I see it and I feel again that it
0: is finished okay that is finished Mm -hmm. yeah I have a similar approach as well I typically leave the photograph for a day or for a few hours even a few minutes when I come back I see it with fresh eyes just as you see your fresh eyes and I'm like okay it's good it's not good I know for sure (laughs) (laughs) that's a, a nice exercise too yeah it is yeah Well, I have one more question for you, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? I think that there are mostly two things. Um, One, that I would
1: love my pictures to be on book covers. Uh, I already have some of my pictures on book covers, but I want more. (laughs) Um, That's why I have my pictures in some um, stock uh, images, um, websites, or maybe sometimes an editorial um, community gets to me directly to ask ask for my pictures, and that is something that I really love.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that you will continue doing that and continue reaching that goal because your pictures have a very specific magical quality, as I mentioned earlier, and they look they would look perfect on a book cover. So I'm sure you'll keep on getting offers. So don't worry about that.
1: <laughs> I hope so, and because also when I was little, I really dreamed with have my work on books. I before photography, I wrote a lot, also draw, but I also wrote, and I always dreamed about having my work on a book. Eventually, I have, I had my own book last year. I published one, but um, having my work on other people's. Um, books is something that I really like and also um, something that didn't happen yet but I hope it will in the future is to travel Thanks for to my photography I would love to um, I don't know being called to make an exhibition about my bipolar disorder work uh, in another city or in another another country uh, or or doing something like
0: that is something that I would really like It's an amazing goal. I wish you all the very best with that. And thank you so much for opening up during this interview and for sharing your tips and tricks for photography. I really appreciate you as a photographer, and I really look forward to seeing all the photos you'll take in the future. Thank you. Really, thank you.
1: And like I I said, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. Great big photography world wouldn't be what it is without our incredible listeners. We're grateful for the time you take to listen to other photographers' stories and share your feedback with us. If you'd like to help us keep this podcast running smoothly, you can become a member on our website. In return, for your help, we'll provide you with all kinds of exciting perks. Go to greatbigphotographyworld.com. There's a link to it in the show notes. Magali is such a wonderful person. I had so much fun speaking with her and finding out about her personal journey with vulnerability and with inspiration. I hope that you learned something from this episode, and I really hope that you enjoyed listening to our conversation. See you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography.